Welcome back uh, to Return of the whoa, Music Club. Whoa, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different to this time. Uh, I know I got uh, you uh, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. What are we doing? So I I know I owe you a little something, so uh just take Uh-oh. a take a listen. All right. Oh Kyle, oh Kyle, how are you? How has your week been so far? I know it's only Wednesday, and we both wish it were Friday. Kyle, Kyle, are you ready to go? Are you ready to start the episode? Kyle, Kyle, are you ready to go? Are you ready to read your intro? I don't read an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just needed, I just needed lyrics. Not saying it was the best thing in the world, but it was just that was good. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. I just uh, very nicely done. I appreciate it. I was like, okay. now you got two more to go. I know I got two more. I have other ideas. This was good. this was at this time was the one that I was able to get done. So, um, well, that's awesome. The, Thank you very much you're, for that. You're very welcome. Now, now you can read your intro that you don't read. All right, hang on. Let me get my let me get my paper here. <laughs> welcome to the turn on. <laughs> So this is the Turn on the Music podcast, um, and it's Kyle here. Hello. I don't think I've ever introduced myself before, so here I am introducing myself. That's what your name is? I had no idea. I know. (laughs) Well, I don't change my name every week like someone over here. I have no idea Um, what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we've got CJ here. This is episode 15 of our podcast of, um, you know, 13 episodes. And um, yeah. Tonight we are going to talk about one of my favorite groups of all time, uh, Tower of Power. And um, they are a group that have been around since 1968. So we have a lot of years to cover. We have a lot of things to talk about. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about them. So CJ, how are you doing this evening? I am. Are you not going to sing the answer to me? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it, it's, yeah. It's it was a busy weekend and um, and then uh, you know like, it's weird because this week is our, um, it's gonna be like our first week in July technically even though July started last week so at work it's, it, it, there's a definitely a different feel because we're not some we're stressed there's still stuff we have to do, but it's not as um, as crazy as it was so that that's a nice feeling, gotcha and uh. You know, it's midweek. Uh, it's nice to be recording again. Yeah, because if you guys remember, we've, we've taken several weeks off um, recording just to kind of get back in sync um, with um, with things. So, yeah. Yes. It is good to get back in the swing of things. I have missed it quite a bit. Myself I don't know included. About you. No, definitely. I mean, chatting the weeks that we have to kind of plan ahead and, and do anything has been awesome, but it's nice to be able to, to, to just get on the mic, chat, converse yeah definitely and uh you know and i'm looking forward to uh talking about tower power you pr- you'll probably do most of the talking just because you have more knowledge base on them than i do mm. yep i've seen them number of times and i've followed them for a very long time so yeah I, i'm excited to, to do this this is it, it's one of, they're one of those groups that you know 
introducing people to music, there are very few people who will not like them. Um, Rachel happens to be one of them. <laughs> but because they know, have saxophones. The because they have saxophones. For the most part, you know, I know that if, if I ever take someone to a show, Tower of Power is a guaranteed hit. Oh, uh, definitely. So. so what have you been listening to, though? Like, I know we, we've we been talking weekly, but mm-hmm. what, what's what been on your plate? I know that Tower of Power is always on your plate, but what else has it's been all, on Yeah, there? it's always there. So uh, I've, I've been back with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, uh, most of the Live with the Quick album, uh, which is one of my favorites. It's a great album. Yeah, it really is. And I did a little bit of um, a little bit of the live art. I, I really like their live stuff a lot. So I've been playing that. And then today, out of the blue, because why not? Uh, Rachmaninoff's third piano concerto. And guys, it's far off into the left field. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, played by Vladimir Horowitz. Very so. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, the usual stuff, the Victor stuff, a little bit of Jacob Collier, but mostly Bella Fleck and the Flectones. Um, that's really been high on my list lately. What about you? I have been listening to one of your favorite bands, and I'm not even... Nickel Creek. No, I'm not even talking about oh. that. Like This is... I've been listening to the Beatles, and I know oh. you're such a diehard Beatles I fan. I am a diehard <laughs> Beatles fan. <laughs> Um, no, I, I honestly, I, it's just, you know, it's beautiful weather and it's, they're one of those bands that I like to kind of like listen to during this time and that, and I've been listening to some rock, like eighties rock, nineties rock, mm-hmm. kind of like nice. some of that stuff. Um, no, like no one really in particular, except for like the Beatles. I did listen to some dream theater today. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm I, I like them. I, I'm a fan of them. Um, I am too. I I don't listen to them enough, yeah. but I do I do enjoy them. Yeah, and um, I some Tower Power just kind of put them back in my ears while we were you know knowing that we were going to kind of talk about them. Mm-hmm. But I know you have a lot of fantastic stuff to talk about, so that's very cool. Yep. Outside of that, not not too much. You know, just it's nice to kind of lead into the summer. Mm-hmm. It's nice that. You know, for me, the, the that June's over because that means that rough month at work is gone. Uh, yep. And yeah, yeah. I'll probably throw in some other stuff as we move forward into the summer because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's windows down, music up. Right. Yeah. And be that loud and noxious guy driving down the road. <laughs> not Except it's 90 degrees outside, so having the windows down is not all that fun. You know, it's funny. I, it's, I, I was thinking about that the other day and, you know, about... 20 some odd years ago or a little less, I lived in Florida for a year. And as soon mm-hmm. as we moved down, our black car, our AC unit broke. Oh. And we moved down during, you know, the summer months. So mm-hmm. I got used to having 90 degree weather with the windows open because that was the only way to kind of drive the car. So right. uh, I don't mind doing it periodically. The only thing that I have a problem with is I have a moonroof in my car, which I love and and mm-hmm. was the reason why I got the car because it had a moonroof. And I can't leave it open all the time because I'm burning the top of my head. Because <laughs> I've been buzzing my hair shorter and I'm burning the top of my mm-hmm. head. <laughs> Kyle, do you know anything uh, about that? <laughs> a little bit. I've been burning the top of my head since I was about 15, <laughs> but not because I buzzed my head. <laughs> So, so yeah, I know I know how that feels. <laughs> that's too funny. 
So no, yeah, no, it's good. So I let's let's talk. Oh, by the way, real quick, uh, he it was I, I read it briefly, um, and I'm surprised that it wasn't like more. So Santana was supposed to do a show, and I don't remember if he collapsed on stage, but he got very really? ill. He was in the hospital. Apparently, he's doing oh, well. Wow. Um, so good. we just you know wish him a good recovery, a quick recovery, because absolutely, you know, I, one of those. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Santana. Yeah, in a couple well, minutes, that's. So. I know we spoke briefly, and I just I had to share that, and I read the article quickly. Yep. So uh, hopefully, a uh, good recovery for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So please, and just so some some more news. Just yeah, yeah. Now that we're we're doing this kind of in the moment. Um, one of my favorite groups, the Tedeschi Trucks Band, um, reduced, released an album on Friday um, and a, a film project called I Am The Moon. Um, and I haven't listened to it yet, but knowing them, it's going to be pretty good. So um, put that on your list of things to listen to. Yeah. Hey, so as you listen to us and, and because we're in a, in a groove that we're going to be able to record and drop an episode the week later, if you know of an album that's coming out of an artist is putting out an an album or anything like that hit us up on twitter hit us up on instagram email us just let us know and we'll, we'll happily share it out and if it's someone we haven't listened to we'd love to listen to them you know and yeah check and them. i'm gonna throw a curveball at you since we've gotten a pretty decent schedule uh, uh victor is coming out with a new album in august no no way Yes, called Basic Streams. It's going to be with Victor Root and Steve Bailey. So that sounds uh, amazing. We may have to. <clears throat> yeah, I'm um, I'm excited for that one. We may so, have to change up one of our episodes just to talk about. Yeah, it. we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. So I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. So Tower of Power. Tower of Power. Please um, talk. Tower of Power. What a group. So Tower of Power has been around since 1968. Um, they are a group based out of Oakland, California. They have been through countless members. I was going to try and count them all, but there are so many. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, looks close to probably about 40 members um, over those 50 years. Oh, wow. Mike Bogart came back. I didn't realize that. Sorry. Um, so there's there's a core group of guys that are still with the group. Um, many of them have passed away. And the group kind of rotates through brass and and horns uh, as the years go on. Um, so Emilio Castillo is the main member. He is the founder of the group. And um, actually, he's he's one of the founders. It's Emilio Castillo and uh, Stephen Kupka are the two main guys. They're the ones that really started uh, the group. Emilio started a group before called the Motowns. And when he found uh, Stephen Kupka, who was called the Funky Doctor, um, that's when they really started to form Tower of Power. They um, joined with a amazing drummer named David Garibaldi, and that is the core of the group. They are still together um, as the as the core of the group. David's been in and out um, for other projects, and other drummers have filled in. And the one that's really missing at least for me, is Rocco Prestia. And Rocco was the bass player. And the two of them uh, were, two, David and, and Rocco, they are the groove to this group. And Rocco is just one of the most amazing bass players. His technique is really different. He's He does a lot of um, hand muting. So as he plays the bass, his left hand is not only fingering the notes, 
but it's also muting the notes at the same time. So it gets this really short kind of bursty kind of sound, but it's, he doesn't like slap the bass at all. It's just, it's very kind of mellow, but it's still really short and it really counterplays the, the drums that, that David Garibaldi, um, you know, puts down. Unfortunately, Rocco passed, uh, in 2020. Um, but he was, he was one of the founding members as well. Um, and when I first, found tower of power thanks to my good friend charlie uh rocco was was in the midst of either liver failure or kidney failure i think it was liver failure and he was able to you know recover i think he had a liver transplant and he took a couple years off and then came back to the group but uh i have always seen um tower of power with rocco and it's going to be weird next time i see them to see tower of power without him because he was just He's just the backbone of the group. Um, and we mentioned Victor Wooten a lot. Victor has a song called uh, tr- Bass Tribute or something like that. And he mentions Rocco in that song as one. Of, and, and he's talked about Rocco many times in, in interviews and how how amazing the stuff that Rocco did with David Garibaldi. Um, the other thing about Tower of Power, I, I, could talk, I could talk forever about Tower of Power, but they're the group themselves, they're not just a group they are um, a horn section and they are one of the most recorded horn sections ever um so before i was um before we started recording i started to just list some of the of the groups and that they've played with so be- santana before you go forward sorry, no, no no before you go forward so you were i just just to bring it back for a second you were talking about the rotation of musicians Mm-hmm. Where they have like a rotation of you said like forty or some odd musicians or fifty or some odd musicians. Yep. When they perform, mm-hmm. what is what's the size of the group performing? Does that vary as well, or is it the same size group? It's usually the same size. It, it really depends. The, the 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 really the floating number is whether they have a guy who doubles on a trumpet or plays the trombone. So it's usually two trumpets, um, two trumpets two tenor saxophones, a barry sax. Sometimes they'll have two trumpets and a trombone in there as well. But the the core of the group is two trombone, it's like two trumpets, two uh tenor saxophones, a barry sax, guitar, bass, lead singer, drums. Oh, okay. And keyboard, sorry. So a rotation of like 40 or 50 musicians, but through all, all of those instruments. Yeah, so it's like seven or eight, you know, instruments or so. Because um, what blows my mind about that and 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 I and I don't know if you plan on playing some clips, but when you listen to them, and and I didn't know this rotation. Like I know you introduced me to them. That's how I got to them. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to them. I don't know them as well as you do, but I know them. But when you listen to their music, you don't realize there's a rotation because right. they sound like a band that's been playing together for almost mm-hmm. five decades or about five decades. And that's why when you said it, it was like, really? His rotation of 40, yeah. you know? So that, that's, yeah. that's I mean, impressive. They, yeah. They, they, I mean, they come and go. Sometimes they just join for a couple of years and then they leave and they got another guy. Um, but there's you know, like the, their lead singer that I, that when you saw them um, was Larry Braggs, he's no longer there. He left the group to do a solo thing and then ended up singing with the temptations. So, you know, it's just that's crazy. They just they they rotate throughout all of these you know groups, um, and the 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 two or three that are the core. David Garibaldi is the, on the drums. 
Emilio Castillo on the tenor sax and Stephen Kupka on the Barry sax. Those are the really core guys that have been, and Rocco was um, until he passed. And while he was sick, they had guys filling in. But there are lots of you know guys like, for example, Lenny Pickett was one of the, one of their um, their sax players. He was with them from seventy two to eighty one when he left to form the Saturday Night Live band. And he still leads the Saturday Night Live band to this day. It's just amazing because they just sat, they're so, a lack for a better word, tight when they play. Yeah. That you just, you know, because what happens is that you have a group and when you first start the group, you know, their freshman album always, you know, you can tell it's like their growing pains and then they get into their sophomore yep. album and they pull some of those growing pains out and then they get to their junior album and you're like, okay, they're a group now. They found their, yep. their, their niche. They found their drive. But like when you listen to them, you're like, geez, yeah. And <laughs> then now you're saying that they rotate their people. You're like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So you're pulling in amazing musicians with amazing music. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Your list. Cause I saw you type it in yeah. cause he does it on a, cause we use, you know, Google docs or whatever. Right. Not that we're yep. sponsored by them. Sponsor us. <laughs> um, but please share, talk about this list. So, uh, so as I mentioned, they started in 68 in 69, they were with Santana on the Santana album. 1974, Elton John, um, 75, Rufus and Shaka Khan, Rod Stewart in 76, Billy Preston in 76, Elvin Bishop in 76, Lenny White in 77, Elvin Bishop again in 77, Little Feet in 78, Jefferson Starship in 79, Peter Frampton in 79. Who's amazing, Peter Frampton live. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, already we've had, you know, Elton John, Rod Stewart, I mean, um, Little Feet again, Huey Lewis in the News. They did a lot of stuff with Huey Lewis in the News. Um, Bonnie Raitt, Dan Fogelberg, Toto. They were on an episode of The Simpsons. Yep. Um, Bonnie Raitt, Michael Bolton, Spyro Gyra from Smithtown. Yay, Smithtown. Yeah, uh, Santana again, Sammy Hagar, Aerosmith, Josh Groban, War, Bobby McFerrin. I mean, and I'm sure just, just, there's and, more to it. And that's just, there's, yeah, there's a lot more to it. That's just like the, the highlights of the ones that I know about and you know, kind of like, but I mean, they're just, they're everywhere and they're just, the horn section is just unbelievably good. So, and one of the things the the 40th anniversary is, is, is one of my favorite albums. And if you buy the, the album with the DVD, you can see the interviews. They, they bring back all the living members for this concert, the 40th anniversary, which is awesome. And they give interviews. And one of the things that, that keeps coming back is every, every person that they say, you know, that, that, that is interviewed, they say something like, you know, I always thought my rhythm was good until I joined Tower of Power <laughs> and then my rhythm got better <laughs> because the, the the rhythm is so intricate and so funky but so deep and so rooted right. that if you don't have good rhythm, it'll either fix you real quick or you're out real quick. And 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 you just, you, you just feel it. Like, they're, yeah. and, and yeah. they have such, such a variety of songs. Like, I'm working on a room and I'm painting and I'm throwing their music on because mm-hmm. it just, it, it not only is it good music, but it hypes you up, you yeah. know? So I throw it up. I put some, some raises the volume. My window's open and I'm in the front of the house. So I'm sure people are hearing it outside and you're just, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's feel good. Like that's the other thing to it. It's yeah. feel good. There's a lot of feel good music from them. Um, yep. And their, their live stuff is really the, my favorite stuff. Um, because, because there's, you know, their, their, their studio stuff is good, but there is just another level of energy 
to their live stuff. It's right. just it, it, unbelievable. I, I I do have a question based upon, I don't know if you know this of them, uh, but you said that they were formed with, you know, f- few gr- a few pe- members. Mm-hmm. Was their intention to form, I don't know if there's any information on this, and their intention to form a group like this? Or was it originally like just to keep it a tight knit group? So uh, Emilio Castillo was the, the was really the founding member, right. and he was in, he, he had a group called the Motowns, right. and he he was looking to do so a, a lot of the the stuff in here. So th- it was in 1968, which is you know that's kind of the the Motown right. years. Yeah, exactly. It was you know there's a, horn, a lot of horn section, and it really became a lot bigger in the 80s when you got like Chicago, um, and in the 70s with like Earth Wind and Fire, and that you know those sorts of groups. That's when they really started to kind of groove. But I don't think he was really going in this direction until he met Stephen Kupka, who auditioned, you know, as a Barry Sachs player. And it's like, that's not an instrument that you would think about. Who auditions with a a Barry saxophone? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, And one of the cool things is that the horn section, for the most part, with the 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 tenor sax and the trombone and the trumpets, they're all doing the same thing, and the Barry Sachs is doing these these offbeat wop wop things as they're right. you know playing all these other really kind of cool things. So it's there's so much rhythm going on, and and Stephen Kupka is the one that he's driving the horn rhythm. He's he's kind of like like the drum bass section of the horn section, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, uh, yeah. um, it, it. I have and, to say and, though, as as a saxophonist, I had the opportunity to play baritone. Um, Barry Sachs in uh, one was marching band, but there was also a jazz band I was in. And wow, marching band with the yeah, Barry Sachs! I totally rocked that. Ooh. Yes, uh, I, I was willing. They were like, "I'm like, I'm totally willing to do this. Let's do it." But the thing that, I, like, the reason why I bring it up, uh, bring it up, is that out of all the saxophones, because I've played alto, I've played tenor, I I mainly mm-hmm. played alto. I have a soprano that I play. I love playing Barry. Like it was just a yeah. lot of fun to play. So I could totally mm-hmm. like. I would never go in an addition on a Barry Sasso because I just, I don't believe I'm talented enough, but to, to do that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, can, what are you sharing? Can you, sh- can we share something? Yes. Let's absolutely share something. So let's start. Oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, let's start with, can you go, let's can, start with this. Can you go decade by decade? <laughs> sure. I can go decade Why by don't decade you do decade really by want. decade just to show. Sure. I, I mean, I'm curious. Um, just uh... sure. So uh, their first album was an album called East Bay Grease. Um, so let's go with uh, oh, Sparkling in the Sand. What a good song. Um, let's start with. Uh, I'm not sharing my audio. Let me no, yeah, audio you, you, you should be able to. And 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 Tower Power. If you hear this, this is just this is Kyle's love letter to you. <laughs> I saw him write it. He used a fountain pen. <laughs> and an inkwell and parchment paper. And he wrote this all out. This is his love letter. <laughs> so this is one that they frequently close their shows with. This is called Knock Yourself Out.
So, I mean, and they sing. <laughs> I forgot about that part. You know, they're they're not just playing horns. They're they're singing along too. You know, and with the exception of the drummer, they're all doing you know backup vocals with the lead singer. Yeah, and and what I and I'm not saying it's all of their music, but the majority of the music, you got to move. Whether you have mm-hmm. rhythm or not, whether you can dance or not, you're gonna sit there and move. Like it makes yep. you want to just dance. It makes you want to shake. It wants you to make. And I, you know, it's funny and and you know, to some embarrassment, like I catch myself painting, but like I catch myself also dancing to the music while I'm painting. Does it mess up my painting? Absolutely, and I have to do touch ups. <laughs> but still, yeah. So, all right, uh, uh, that you said that was from where again? I apologize. That was 1970. Okay, so 1970. So now we're moving in, out of, coming out of Motown, going into the 70s. You're still dealing with Motown because Motown is starting to actually drive, like it's starting to pick up and move. Yep. So let's hit a little bit of the 80s. Um, this is from an album called Direct Plus. Um, let's do let's do this one. So um, I mentioned the 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 Barry Sax. This is um, a, a a tune called Squib Cakes. This is straight up. Uh, instrumental, no singing, um, but it opens up with a Barry Sachs kind of little riff. So this is called Squib Cakes. just it's so funky it's it's got this great groove and the sound of that barry sax like there is something about the way steve kupka plays that barry sax i have never heard anyone play it like so clean yeah clean and sharp and the drummer the way the drummer comes in on that is that's just (laughs) dirty (laughs) (laughs) it it sure is all right so we moved into the 80s now we're into the 80s now but the thing is though their music doesn't change by the decade. Does Not that really. does that make does that make sense? Like, yeah, from my from listening from from you feeding me the music, right? You know, like I I don't go I, if I was hanging out with Kyle, he's not handing me a beer. He's feeding me more Tower Power songs, which is fine. <laughs> I'm not complaining about that. So. Now you're 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 getting you're in the '80s, and you know, like '80s has a very distinct sound. Mm-hmm. You go to pop music, you go to rock. You go there's a very distinct. You know, it's '80s music. It's just like the movies. Yep. You know, it's a campy mm-hmm. '80s movie because it's an '80s movie. But like their sound is still consistent, and and they pull that forward. So now we're in the '80s. Are you going to the '90s now? Or are you still in the '80s? I'm gonna do one more in the '80s. Uh, um, let me just think. I think this is the '80s. Um, because they did, this is kind of a lost album, um, called dinosaur tracks. What a great um, name for a lost album. 
<laughs> I know. I don't know whether they lost it on purpose or not, but um, I don't know what, what year this came out. I'm going to look into this. I think it's early 80s, um, but this is a, a great song called Credit, and it's it's almost disco-y, maybe, kind of. So this is one that Steve Kupka wrote called Credit. Go get it with your good credit. Um, just reading a little bit about this. This album came out in 2003, but the the songs were from the early 80s. That's really so. funny because I was I brought up a discography out of curiosity, and it actually says and 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 this is where I'm curious who's right and who's wrong. Not meaning you or me, just but they mm-hmm. state that this was um, a funk soul album and it was released mm-hmm. 1999. Oh, so th- well, we're gonna have to do I'm, a little. We're gonna have to do a little com, more. So, yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, it could be a re-release and that I'm that I'm looking at here, right. but it it does say that the songs were written mostly in the early '80s, right, 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 and were unreleased. So, and credits one of my favorite songs. Uh, there's another song that that he wrote called uh, "There's Only So Much Oil in the Ground," where it talks about how we're using too much gas and we're we're gonna run out eventually, right? So, uh, so we'll move on to the '90s. So this is one of their their staples. Um, this is called Soul with a capital S. This is from uh, a couple times i think because there's there's so much going on i think it's worth just trying to have your ears isolate certain things so the first thing i want to want to try to get you to isolate is the bass part um just listen to the bass part and how it fits with the drums there's it because because that's what creates the backbone of this piece so here's just the beginning again just listen to the bass part and the drums And the bass part starts right about uh, here. It's the bass part that's driving everything forward. And then this is the this is the classic example that I was telling you about earlier. This is where you have Steve Kupka on the Barry sax. He starts the riff with that whop kind of sound, and then you have this really tight horn section that follows that 
that that section. So here's that. And those notes are so short and they're so crisp and they're clean and they're together and it's and I've heard them do this live and it's it's just as good live and it's it's usually faster live. So I mean it's just it's crazy. There's there's so many layers going on. I just I I, I don't know what to say about it. So all right. I got, I'm going to have I have a statement and a question for you. So first as I was saying like their 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 music kind of stays the same, but mm-hmm. they do add elements of the of the music of that time. So you yeah. had a little electronic, you, know, you have a little this, you have a little, so that, that's cool. So they, so they keep their bass the same, but they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to throw this in, we're going to throw this. It's the eighties. We're going to put this in there. It's the nineties. We're going to throw it. Yep. So that's cool. Um, now you brought up that I said, uh, was I listening to nickel Creek? Now, funny thing is, is last week I had a very stressful day and I put them on. And as we spoke, we, it's almost like putting on friends to sit next to and sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it? And I'm asking you this because you are such a diehard fan. You've had multiple people that you've shared this with where you've converted them to become Tower of Power fans, which then have them fan out listening to other musicians and other music. So you know mm-hmm. the impact of them to other people. Yeah. But how do you see them? Do you like we see Nickel Creek as friends? How do you see Tower of Power? I don't see them as friends. I see them more as colleagues, I guess, which I, I know it sounds weird, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't picture myself one day sitting around with them and playing with them. I, I can see, you know, Nickel Creek coming over one day and just kind of hanging out in the backyard because I think it's a simpler, not a simpler form of music, but it's a simpler instrumentation and I could, you know, follow along and, I could come up with a piano part for Nickel Creek. I could not come up with a keyboard part to hang with Tower of Power. Okay. I see what you're if saying. If that makes sense. So, all right, let's 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 expand that for a second. Sure. So, I understand what you're saying. Like, Nickel Creek, simpler, but not necessarily simpler in the fact of musician. You're talking more of jumping style in of with music. them versus jumping yes. in with Tower yeah yeah it's it's a lot easier to jump in with their stuff right um because it's not as intricate maybe it's not as dense yeah yeah i guess that's that there there's trying to trying to fit into a trying to fit a keyboard part into what tower power does right there's so many layers that go on there right like where do you where do you like nickel creek you got three layers and you could probably throw in something else even a simple drum beat or something on something and you can kind of join them whereas tower power has got so much going on Right. Do they improvise and, live? And yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And and, and it almost like like leads to something that, that Victor was talking about when he was on tour with SMV. Um, that was Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller, and Victor Wooten all on tour. Three bass players on stage with a drummer. Um, they're all playing in the same octave, the same range. But how how do you play when... Because if, if they're all playing down low, it's going to sound light. If they're all playing down high, it's going to sound light. So trying to figure out the mix to those three, like like that's kind of what I feel with Tower of Power. It's like there's there's so much there's so much going on. There's a spectrum from top to bottom. Like I wouldn't know where to fit. And, right. and I think that this is this is the genius behind the things that like um, like Roger Smith, the keyboard player, and um, 
uh, uh, Chester Thompson does, two of the of the the my favorite keyboard players with the group, the way they're able to fill in with their keyboard parts and not get in the way, but still add to the group and the groove, genius, absolutely genius. They don't play too much, but at the same time, they play enough to make everything. You know, right. there's there's a there's a, a part in in Knock Yourself Out on the live 40th anniversary album where Chester solos, and then he stops playing, and when he stops playing, it's like the entire band drops out, and it's just him that stops playing. The horns are still playing, the drums still there, bass is still there, you know, guitar is still there, and then all of a sudden he starts playing again, and it all <laughs> sucks back in and it's right together again. But there's it's, it's when he stopped playing, it created a vacuum where there was just like it was like it was empty. Like a barbershop quartet. On. Yeah. It was it was just I don't know if he did it on purpose, but I went, whoa, you know, he's not playing anymore. It was a, a real shock. I I it's one of those things where to your it's like Nickel Creek's like the mom and pop pizza place and and you know, Tower Power is, you know, the mom and pop pizza place 50, 60 years from now because mm-hmm. they have such a groove of what they're doing that if you yep. try to try to change it up that you can't change it mm-hmm. up. Yep. You know, like they're both families. They both got their things going. Just Nickel Creek's a little bit smaller. Yep. Tower Power is like, hey, we already got everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yep. you know, there's not room, not much room for one more, you know, but that's, I mean, it is, they're dense and that makes sense. Yeah. Like that, yep. that's a, that's understandable. Yep. Um, so you were introduced by your friend Charlie. Yes. I don't think I ever met him, and if I did, yes, it was we went for... to see Joe Bonamassa together. That's right. Okay. Yes, that's right. I apologize. Yes, that was it. I was going to say I think it was a show we saw. Yeah. Um, have we seen Tower of Power together? We have not. We have not. We've only seen what? Um, yeah, we've only seen Rockapella together and Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa. Um, I think that's it, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Where have you um, been? I don't know. Because <laughs> I've seen Tower of Power 15 times, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, someone moved to Ohio. So, uh, uh, well, someone moved to Florida before that. You know. That's a good point. I forgot that was before. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I have not seen Tower of Power since I moved to Ohio. So. <laughs> just saying. I just, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, ch- a little bit about Charlie. Yes. Just. Just as a reminder, because like I said, it was like a very brief. It was that one night, whatever. Yep. Is was he? Is he, does he have a music background, or is he just more of like an audiophile? He's more of an audiophile. He did play drums when he was younger. Um, he injured his forearm. Um, I forget how he injured it, but he's he has a hard time holding drumsticks now. Okay. Um, but he was a drummer back in the day, a really good drummer, from what I understand. Um, but we met at the hardware store when I was working at Carp's Hardware. Right. Okay. And um, and then he eventually ended up working with my mom at the school, and I eventually ended up working at the same school right. with him again. Um, but yeah, so that's that, that's where he introduced me to, I mean, everyone, Tower of Power and Jethro Tull and the Phil Collins Big Band, Stanley Clark and Dr. John. I mean- He was a big influence on your huge music, what yep. you've listened to background-wise. Mm-hmm. That's yep. interesting. Yep. We, we and, almost got thrown out of several concerts together. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, because you look like that bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost got thrown out of a Tower of Power concert. Almost got thrown out of a Bella Fleck concert. What you were know. you doing that you almost got thrown out? Uh, <laughs> Can you tell it on this? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we were, I think guys, we were the, the, this is the dark side of Kyle. So do you want the Tower of Power one and the Bella Fleck one? Whatever you want to share. I'll like, share both. I think it's so, interesting. I, I'm sorry. I've known you for how long? And you're telling me you got kicked out of, almost got kicked out. I'm like, what the hell were you doing? So we were at, I think it was the bottom line. And much like the Rockapella concert that we saw, there were tables perpendicular to the stage. So you had okay. to look like to the left or the right to see what was going on. Um, we both worked at the hardware store. It was a rough day. We had just unloaded like eight pallets of concrete. It was in velvet top, you know, black top sealer. So we were hurting, you know, it was, it was, we were sore and trying to look at the stage. Um, it was just uncomfortable. So Charlie's always about, well, I can find a better seat. So the show starts and we're, he's looking around. He goes, all right. In the back there, you know, not too far away. There's a seat. It says reserve. It's been empty. No one's, no one's even looking at it. Next song I'm going to go scope it out. If I'm still there, the song after you come follow me. All right, cool. So he goes over there. He sits. Next song comes. I go over. I sit next to him. And we're just sitting there. We're watching the show. And, you know, we're just watching. And I I, I see this little guy, like, kind of walk past us and look at us weird. And I was like, oh, it's kind of strange. And, you know, song goes, another song goes by. And then this big guy comes over. He, he must have been, like, six foot 10, <laughs> 350 pounds. He goes, you two, come here. Uh-oh. So we go over to that little guy that had looked at us weird. And he's like, well, what are you doing sitting in this seat? He starts yelling and screaming at us. And and Charlie's like, I, I can't remember the guy's last name on the, on the card. It was reserved for like, like Mr. Smith or whatever. He goes, I'm Mr. Smith. These are my seats. He goes, no, I'm the owner of this club. Those are my seats. And he leads it and whispers, this is just for show. Sit in the chair behind it. And you can sit there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And he just <laughs> kept yelling at us. And <laughs> we went to the, the, the seats behind. He never sat in his chair. Um, but he was just a little offended that we took his chair. <laughs> and but he was cool with you going like he was cool with us going to the to the one behind it. He just didn't just want to his chair. Yeah. And he yelled at us just for, you know, I was kinda for hoping show. for something else. All right, what's the Bella Fleck one? So we were at um <laughs> the Port Jeff. It was I think it was Port Jeff or Patchog, one of the P cities there. And we were I got tickets late. So we were in the balcony almost last row. Mm -hmm. And again, Charlie starts scoping out seats and we're looking around and he goes, all right, intermission, second row right in front of Victor. We're just going to go up there. Okay, fine. So we meander on down there and we sit down and the show start, the, the, the second half of the show starts, it's Victor Wooten playing his little solo and Victor comes out and he's already playing and he kind of looks at us weird. And I was like, oh, that's kind of strange. So Victor keeps playing and he finishes his solo and then the rest of the band joins out. You know, he walks over to Bela and he kind of whispers to Bela and like nods in our direction. And Bela looks at us and goes, you know, kind of gives, cocks his head. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. So end of the show comes uh, and Bela goes, I want to thank you all for coming out and I want to introduce my family. And he starts going down the first row and naming all of his, you know, relatives this is uncle sue or uncle joe and aunt sue and then he gets to the second row and he goes these two guys not my family but they had some really good seats and he, he keeps going down the line <laughs> so we stole one of bela flex uh relative seats <laughs> okay that's that's funnier and better than the other one yeah that's yeah. great that's, that's so yeah great. that was good old good old charlie finding us trouble so that's hysterical <laughs> So okay, so you to 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 um let, let's let's circle back to yeah. uh 
to Tower of Power. Mm-hmm. Um, does because you listen to them so much, and they're mm-hmm. I, I they're one of your top groups. And like I said, you've you know not to repeat, but you've gotten a lot of people hooked on them. What is it that keeps you listening to them? Like you've spoken a lot about them. You told about the, 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 like the different musicians and how they do this and how they do that and Mm -hmm. how they play together and how they, but you know, what is, is there a, um, is it a combination of, okay, they're just great and I love them and that's it. Or is there more to it than that? I think it's a combination of the fact that it's so dense and it's so complex but at the same time, it's really simple and it's upbeat and it's it's engaging. Um, it's a combination of those two things. The intricacy keeps my brain occupied. Um, the simple stuff, you know, generally like, and that's one of the things like with the Beatles. It's compared to this, much more simplistic, and it doesn't. Excuse me, it doesn't hold my interest as much. But I understand I think, that you also appreciate. So even though you may not listen to them, they're not a go-to band right? because of the simplicity of their music. Exactly. It bothers you that the simplicity of their music and they make it sound so good. Yes. Yes. And I, and I get that. I totally understand that. So that's why I, I was curious because they are dense in the sense of the playing. Mm-hmm. So when they do the simplistic, the simple stuff, how do you feel? They're still more intricate than other yeah. people. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think that they're, their skill level is on another level compared to most groups. I, I, I don't, th- I think technically everyone in this group is an incredible musician. Sure. And I would venture to say a better player than, for example, the, the, the Beatles. I don't think that their, their technicality is as good um, as theirs. And I think that I also think that their performance level is, um, is much better than the Beatles as well. Well, I think, part of that plays to the mainstreaming of the Beatles. Right. And, and, and to not, not to not we because we're not putting them down. No, you know, no, they, not at all. we've, they've accomplished so much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just like any musicians, like I may not listen to a country artist because I'm not into country, but it doesn't mean I can't respect the fact that they've done this, 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 and this. They've, they've, exactly. So I think that it's just, the thing is, is like tower power is not as mainstream though they have popular hits out there and and right. you know you will hear them especially at you know gatherings where they're their weddings mm-hmm. or they're this because they're so they're they're soulful they're funky yep. they have beats and you mm-hmm. can dance them and all that stuff but they're not mainstream and and that may have not been what they wanted they may have wanted more of a this is what we do uh, this is what we're exclusive to and those that want to listen to us are going to listen to us mm-hmm. and and i think that's what makes a lot of I, not that we've spoken about this in the past but the difference between musicians and sometimes performers and all that stuff you right. know like you could be a fantastic performer whether you write the music or not you could mm-hmm. be an amazing performer you know, and do they write their own stuff or are they playing? Yeah. They do. So yeah, it's, it's Emilio and Steve that, that write and arrange everything. Right. And a lot of, and even those groups that I, I talked about earlier, Santana and Elton mm-hmm. John, they're arranging for them right. as well. Right. So like, 
the Beatles wrote their music, they played their music, they performed their music, and because they were pushed to be a mainstream group, this is why they have the popularity that they have. But mm-hmm. their stuff that they truly wrote, the stuff that's off, like a little out there and stuff, some of it to, to the to the to the followers, they love that music. To other people, I don't really like that album. Mm-hmm. I prefer this one. Right. Whereas like they're just kind of like doing their thing and and mm-hmm. they're not being pushed the mainstream. So it's just it's interesting how certain things can influence in that aspect um you know but uh so in regards to so you had me listen to the 40th anniversary album and then you wanted me to Mm -hmm. listen to the 50th anniversary album because of the fact that they had a new singer in it yes okay now i was able to listen to the 40th anniversary album but i was not able to listen to the 50th because it was not available on apple itunes really so i don't know why i don't know if i missed it i don't know if i didn't see it uh but i i don't think it's not called the 50th anniversary i probably should have told you that well that may explain why <laughs> i didn't find it what is Let it called see what it's um 50 years of funk and soul no i didn't even see that hold on a second okay uh, maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe i i i totally yeah, missed 50 it. years of funk and soul live at the fox theater oakland california june 2018 oh wow on my phone, I don't get as many albums. Really? I have to check that out unless I missed something. Maybe it wasn't loading. Because the one that I usually listen to just because it's it's a grouping of their stuff is mm-hmm. the very best of Tower Power, the Warner Years, okay. which has that their name and then behind it is a picture mm-hmm. of themselves. Um, yep. What was the name of the one, the 50th anniversary? It's called... Uh, 50 Years of Funk and Soul Live at the Fox Theater. I do not see it. I have you to are look. correct. I, I don't see right? the 50th anniversary on Apple Music. Yeah, I have to I have to look and see. Anyway, so it's a new singer. Yes. I know you have more you want to share, but just can you talk about that for a second? Is that sure. you were talking about people who passed and I just want to make sure I'm thinking of the right people. Is it someone who passed or is it just, no, no. So this is, so Larry Braggs is the one that's on the 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, he is the one that left to do his own solo stuff and then ended up joining the temptations. Okay. 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 So he's been working with the temptations. He did not come back for the 50th anniversary. As far as I know, that is why his Um, voice sounded familiar. Yes. So, uh, Mike Jarrell is, or Gerald is the new lead singer. All right. Um, and he's not, it's not that he's bad at all. He's great. It's just, there's something about Larry. And I guess that's maybe, maybe because when I first listened to Tower of Power, it was Larry. And I, I watched Larry grow into the group. And he is just like, his voice is just special. Right. You, you build this, this rapport with, with these musicians. So if you mm-hmm. have that core group, even if you have 40 or 50 kind of in rotation, you still have yep. that core group. So, you know, uh, it's like we were talking about before, like your freshman album is going to sound one way and mm-hmm. your third or fourth or fifth album is going to sound not that they're bad albums. They're, they could all be fantastic albums, but you're still going to have a mature sound because you've played longer together. You know what yep. the person's capable of, which is why, you know, I'm sure watching them and listening to them improvise live mm-hmm. is probably phenomenal because mm-hmm. they could probably go off on tangents. Now, I think it's funny. Um, you're not a fan of Dave Matthews' band. Mm-hmm. But when my brother was on, he spoke about how they can just jam. Yep. Like, they can just go for... You can't do that with people you don't know. 
Right. You can. I'm not saying it hasn't been done. I'm not saying they haven't pulled a, you know, uh, you know, a talent night and they pull the saxophone and be like, all right, you're going to come play this song. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but mm-hmm. you're going to know that that saxophonist has not played with that group. Right. That's what it, you know, that's where it comes mm-hmm. down to. Yep. So continue our journey through time with Tower of Power. Okay. All right. Let's go to the 2000s. Uh, this is from an, an album called Oakland Zone. This came out when I was in college. Um, and this is a song called Give Me Your Love. And this one has, this is Larry Bragg's first studio album with Tower of Power. So this is him on the vocal. showcase his voice um but it's just like the the groove is yeah. just so so together and just so deep he has a fantastic voice he really does he sure does yeah yeah so that's 2000s and that's college that's years. 2000s and uh so 2010 they came out with uh the 40th anniversary um and actually 2009 the year after that album they came out with an album called the great american soul book and this is a group uh, a group of songs that are just like standards. There's me and Mrs. Jones, Mr. Pitiful, You Met Your Match, Loveland, just some really, really great, um, you know, jazz standards that they just did covers of. Um, Repeat the name again. It's called The Great American Soul Book. Great American Soul Book. There it is. That's probably some of the stuff I would like too because I like like the standards. So just here's a little bit of me and Mrs. Jones just to give you a kind of a taste. To believe in that so much, that so much inside. Now she'll go her way, and sugar, I'll go my way. Tomorrow we'll meet at the same place, the same time. Me and, and Mrs. Jones. And that again is Larry Bragg singing. So, I, so as 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 you guys have probably caught by now, I I don't know as much as Kyle. I don't don't half or three quarters as much as Kyle does with this. Were there female voices in there? I think so. So when they perform, is it just a male group, or do they have like female backup singers as well? Um, I believe the the fiftieth anniversary concert introduce some female singers i think it's because their age i mean they started in 68 and they were about 18 so 50 years they're approaching 70 now right um so 
their range in the upper end is getting less. So they need some way to, to kind of fill it in. So they did bring in some females for that. I don't know whether they used it for this album. It's very possible they did. I think so. Um, but yeah, for the most part, no. Right. Every time I've seen them, it, it is, they have not been, it's all the band members. And I'll, I'll also tell you this because you haven't seen them. Um, a lot of the stuff is choreographed by the horn section. So they, they actually do like dances and sync, kind of like the Motown groups, which I mean, when, when you're watching them play and dance at the same time, it's hysterical. And I, I think one of the things that we need to put in the show notes, and I'll, I'll remember to do it, I hope. Otherwise, um, Charlotte in Ohio will yell at me because she is. She's what we she calls herself the show note police. So every time I miss something, she yells at me and says, "Hey, where's this thing?" And I'm like, oh, I forgot it. Hey, so, she's so. keeping us accountable. This she is, is keeping us. Back. Yeah, she sure is. So uh, Steve Kupka does this thing. I forget, it's called the grasshopper dance or something, and he does this this little like shimmy. And I'll have to make sure I get that into the in the show notes so uh, everyone can watch the funky doctor do his little thing. That's fantastic. So so we we're so we're two thousands like mid two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we going from there? So, um, honestly, the last two albums I have not listened to yet. Honestly, um, they came out an album in 2018, 2020. I have yet to listen to either of them because I didn't know they came out. <laughs> and, uh, and part of that honestly is because Larry left and right. I had, I have such a fondness of Larry that no matter who they replaced him with, I don't think I would like them no i mean i think that's fair it's like i i you know and and i know it's it's a more of a bigger like bigger named group versus like i won't listen to queen now Mm -hmm. you know i i freddie mercury is me is for me you know like i don't really listen to anything that he's not on i'm not saying that queen isn't great i'm not saying that was it adam levine that's doing it i believe so so. like i'm not saying he's not good like i'm not saying anything negative it it's just that Mm -hmm. freddie mercury is where is who should be there. Like that's yeah. so I get what you're saying. Like you, so you're not going to tap into it as quickly to, mm-hmm. to listen to it. That makes sense. Yep. Wow. But I do want to play, um, a couple snippets of, um, the 40th anniversary. Um, uh, there's one song called you got to funkifies. I love that. And song. this is, it is a great song. And I, I don't know if you, if you let read through, uh, excuse me, the show notes of this one, but Larry does not sing on that one. This is a singer by the name of Ellis Hall. Um, and I'm going to see if I can figure out how old Ellis was when he did this. And while you're doing that, there's something mm-hmm. I noticed, which I think is very interesting. And I could be completely wrong. But, and I'm not, this is not me mocking them or saying something funny. There's no holiday album. No. And it's one of the things that, like, me and Charlie, every, every year we go at the Harvest, we go, oh, this year the Tower Power is going to do a, a holiday album. Nope, never did one. And Charlie has gone backstage. He's talked to Steven mm-hmm. and Emilio. He's like, you got to come out with a, with a holiday album. And they just never did. I mean, I don't really listen to a lot of holiday music. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's not holiday music out there that I don't like. It's just that it's not the first thing I'll turn on if during the holidays. And maybe just because it's just you're surrounded by it and you need to kind of get away from it once in a while. And I have my songs that I like, but I could only imagine how a holiday album done by them would be. Have they, yeah. are they on anybody's, anybody's, any, any, are there any, I can't speak. <laughs> Look, I lost it. So are there, <laughs> are, are they on any? I'm going to wait for you to spit this one out. Go ahead. No, no, okay. Good. Ed, what happened to the connection? No, I'm joking. So, um, 
Are they on anybody's al- holiday album? Like, you know, because like you Not said. Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. The, the albums that I looked at, I didn't see any holiday albums that they were on. Anyway, yeah. okay. So you were saying that this there's another uh, musician, uh, mus- uh, singer so singing. So Ellis Hall, yeah, he was he was their lead singer in the '80s. Um, he was born in '51, so the 40th anniversary was 11. So he was he was 60 years yeah. old when this when this came out. Um, and I mean, just uh, let me find the actual spot in the song. I can't find it. Where is it? I have to say, okay, Kyle may not put what he just did in to the podcast. But he was skimming around trying to find the part, and I hope he puts what I'm saying into it. They're so tight that you were jumping in sections, and you were still able to like enjoy the music because yep. the, it, there was no variation to what they were doing in the sense yep. of like time. Like they're so tight, like you skipped for like minute or two minute or three minute or four minutes around the uh-huh. song, and I'm like, you could still enjoy it. Like, yep. it's, it's just really good. So I leave that part in. You don't have to put the skimming in, but. At 60 years old <laughs> you know if you sing and and you know we're we're gonna have this will be a great conversation to have um and i know we'll not to bring it up but we're our our next episode is going to be an interview of a friend of mine uh jessica bender who is an opera singer and this is a great conversation to have about how if you do it right and you mm-hmm. sing right no matter what genre of music you are singing you can sing until you're 60. You can sing until you're 70. You can yep. sing. And the only thing you'll have to vary is the fact that you may not have those high notes anymore. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I'll, I'll remember this. When I was studying with Ron Mikesell, he was talking to me about his teacher. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember her name, but she was in her, her late 80s singing still. It's, it's, you know, my grandfather, you know, passed young. He was 77 when he passed. But even through his chemo that he was dealing with and his weakness, there were times that he was singing and like he still had a voice despite that because of his training and his technique and what he was able to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's why I say like 60 years old is not young when it comes to singing, if you're doing right, yep. you know, so um, this will, that'll be a good conversation to bring up with Jess when we talk to her, yep. her, her take on it. So that's Ellis is also blind. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's so, you know, is he just a singer? Or is he an instrumentalist? That was the question I had. He played keyboard a little bit for them as well at one point, but for the most part, he just does lead, lead vocal. That's brilliant. And that I, you know, I, I you know, it's amazing because, like, how does he feel the music? Well, I mean, he's not deaf; he's blind. No, 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 no. No, what I'm saying is, listen. My my uh, my wedding. I told you my second wedding it was yep. you know was all was mm-hmm. all uh, there was a half of it was deaf people and they were all up and dancing because yeah they were yeah. able to feel the vibration of the music and the yep. way the speakers were we made the speakers on the ground so they were able to dance so it's not a question of like you could still enjoy the music and feel it and dance sure but I'm saying is is that he's his, his visually though mm-hmm. he cannot see the band visually. Right. He cannot see the audience. 
So mm-hmm. all that is around him is the music. Right. And to me, it, it's like, that's pretty freaking cool. Mm-hmm. It's like going on stage and blindfolding yourself to perform because you don't want to worry about anything else that's going on. You know, so I would uh, to, 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 to talk to somebody who is a musician who's blind because I don't know anybody who's blind who's a musician. I know that you are losing some form of your vision, but <laughs> no, I'm, joking, yeah. I'm joking, I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. But you know, like, so it would be cool to talk to somebody like that to see where the music takes them. Right. Because you don't have any visual representation unless mm-hmm. you went blind at an older, uh, uh, later on in life. It's mm-hmm. like uh, um, Andrea Pacelli, right? Right. He's blind, and he went mm-hmm. blind. I think later on in life. I think he lost. Uh, it was, if I remember correctly, he now plays the piano. He plays guitar, but he didn't play them originally. He was a singer, mm-hmm. you know. And and how does that change you as a musician? Because your f- right. your focus is different now. Like I know that if I don't turn off every other sense, sometimes I can't do what I want to do. So I, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, I, I didn't know that about it. And, and, it, and it, his, his singing is phenomenal. It really is. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but no, that's fine. It was expected from me because that's what apparently <laughs> I do. That's what you do. So 40th anniversary. Now the 50 years of funk and soul live at the Fox, which I just found on Apple music. There it is. Because, oh, good. Because of the fact that you didn't tell me that it was a different title. I was looking for 50th anniversary, but that makes sense. <laughs> Is there a song in there that you would want to share? Um, sure. Just to because it's a different singer, correct? Yeah, yeah, different singer. Let's do. Um, let's do this one. For me, um, because I've heard Larry Braggs do the same thing, I don't think he cuts through the mix as well. And that could be a mixing thing, but his tone, I don't think, cuts through as well as Larry's did. Um, and that's one of the one of my gripes with the new singer. Again, he's a great singer. I just don't know that it's mixed well for his voice. I get what you're saying. It... it, it... Because, yes, uh, you know, when you listen to the 40th and you listen to this, you know, you do feel a little bit of a difference in it. Not, mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not, it has nothing to do with the singer. The singer is fantastic. It, it just, like you said, it could be mixed differently. So that's what, um, yep. it's interesting. But it's interesting how that can turn you away from listening to the album. Yeah. You know, how you get, yep. as... 
listeners of music. So let's take the musician part of it because a lot of people that we're talking to, we don't know, you know, share with us if you're musicians, share with us if you're just listeners, if you're an audiophile. But most listeners of music are listening to music for a particular reason. So, you know, not to bring up Queen again, but I listened to Queen because of Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm listening, you know, I'm listening to Billy Joel. I'm not going to go listen to someone else play Billy Joe's music under Billy Joe's name. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Will I go listen to somebody else play Billy Joel music in their interpretation? Sure. Because we talked about that. That's covering the mm-hmm. music. But right. I'm not going to want to go to a Billy Joel concert and then find out that somebody else is filling in from him because that's going to change the concert mm-hmm. for me, the experience. Yep. Yep. And I think that I, totally. I think that's a valid thing. It's like you have this fantastic band that you love and you listen to them for as long as you can remember. And then all of a sudden you have a new mm-hmm. singer. It, it does change yep. it. Yep. So that and I think for I think I, there, there's no way we can close this out without listening to Larry's brilliance on vocals. Um, so this is a tune that they, they, they do almost every concert to close out before they do their little finale. Um, this is called You're Still a Young Man. I'm going to cue it up to um, Larry's big part. So. is just something else that's one of my favorites that they do yeah such a great song and 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 that's i mean going back to what we're talking about before like that's one of their mellower tunes but like there's still so much going on yeah that it's still yeah yeah and and just 
him over the instruments and then the background mm-hmm. singers, you just can feel the in and out of it. The probably the way they breathe and yep. they're, it's just, yeah, it's a great song. And I, I, yeah. the live version is, is mm. fantastic. Yep. That, uh, I love the little timeline of tower power that we had kind of yeah. jumped around a little bit and I love yeah, it. I, I didn't think about doing it that way. That I was, it was a good way well, to I th- kind because of them. It, like we said, their sound and their base, the base, the basic group, the, the sound, core group, the core group. Thank you. Yeah, did not change yeah. their music on the the because there's so many layers and it's so dense that they could have just changed one layer of it to kind of bring mm-hmm. it to the time period that they were playing. So like in the 80s and 90s, put one layer of electronic over it. Yeah. There you're done. I still got my yep. funk, my soul, but I'm mm-hmm. in the 80s now. You know, like it's just it's it's that's what's so cool about it. Thank you for taking us through a timeline of Tower of Power. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for coming along for the journey. I feel like it's something that we could do another timeline on. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> sitting on my desk. <gasps> I haven't re- I haven't started reading yet. I'm going to. I'm showing okay. Kyle um, Victor Wooten's second book, The Spirit of Music. And uh, I have not read it yet. And I, I hope to start doing that soon. But I, apparently I need reading glasses. So I got to get those. <laughs> <laughs> So I can actually read it. Um, uh, as I mentioned, we will be talking to a friend of mine, Jessica Bender. She is a um, she is a opera singer. Uh, she's I've known her for about oh, going on twenty years now. Uh, she's a fantastic voice. She has a studio. She's um, she's a great person. She's going to be fun to talk to, and I think that she's a great person to talk to about the idea of longevity of singing and Mm -hmm. and what we're doing and what she teaches her students and how that will help them in the long run. Um, And I like the fact that we're recording like the week before it goes out. Me too. So guys, when you hear this, it was only only recorded the week before. It's very cool. Anything else you want to add to this? I could go on all night about that. I know. That's why I I was like afraid to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I'll say this. I mean, if you're, if you're interested in exploring tower of power, I would start with the 40th anniversary concert and then soul vaccination live. Those soul vaccination live is what, what, I mean, that is probably my most played album ever. Um, it is, it's just phenomenal. Um, doesn't have Larry Braggs on it. That's why I like the 40th anniversary, but those are the two I would start with. And then if you're interested, then start exploring the other stuff, but start with, I think the, their live stuff is, is a different energy level that hooks more people. So I would start with those two. That's awesome. So, uh, are, are you, are you reading the closing notes? No, no. All right. <laughs> well, I've talked all night. So <laughs> just in case you guys didn't catch it, I just would, uh, uh, I was speaking with Kyle because apparently he never said his name in previous episodes. Um, <laughs> I said it today. You did say it today, but I'm just, you know, just as a reiteration. <laughs> um, and I, I again, uh, I'm going to thank Charlotte myself for being so awesome and diligent with the show notes and making sure we have what we need to have up there because not yep. only is that awesome for her to do that, but it's great for our listeners to to not I so. think she just does it to give me grief every no week. and I and, and I and I was getting to that <laughs> and I was getting to say and I thank you for giving Kyle 
grief every week because I cannot do it all the time. And <laughs> I need I, that support is amazing. So, yeah. Kyle, thank you for a, again. Thank you again for such a lovely uh, timeline of Tower Power. Oh, no problem. Thank you for sitting with it. Yeah. Until until our next uh, episode with Jess, we want to say thank you for listening to Turn On The Music, the podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Follow us on Twitter at Turn On The Music and on Instagram at Turn On The Music, the podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcast or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Have a good night, Kyle. And enjoy What Is Hip by Talapak. Power!